Welcome to the Empowered Eating and Living Podcast, where we dive into your inner world to explore all of the psychological, emotional, energetic, and spiritual components that may be influencing your struggle with food and eating. I'm your host, Sarah Emily Spears, a trained psychotherapist and energy worker who recovered from my own eating disorder. And now I help women just like you do the inner work to address the real issues keeping you stuck in your problematic eating patterns. Because I assure you, your problem with food is about way more than food. So join me and guest experts as we discuss the psychology of eating and healing and empower you with tangible steps you can take today to begin to improve your relationship with food and yourself from a place of true nourishment and care. Jenny Scholl is trained in integrative somatic trauma therapy and is a postgraduate student of Luminous Awareness Institute, which weaves together ancient wisdom roots with developmental psychology, attachment repair, somatics, nervous system repair, and energetic awareness and awakening. She helps individuals and businesses harness the power of their energy, fuel their passions with their purpose, and feel into each step of the journey through felt experiences, including somatic sessions, embodied leadership coaching, and transformational retreats. Hey, Jenny. Hi. Welcome. I'm so excited to have you. Yay. I'm excited to be here. So Jenny, I'm the reason I brought you here for many reasons, but you are an embodied leadership coach and also my friend, but for, for this purpose, an embodied leadership coach. And we're going to be chatting about somatics and spirituality and healing, which are some of your favorite topics. And for me, these are also really important topics for any woman who is embarking on her own healing journey with her relationship with food, eating, or her body, because these are topics that are often overlooked or missed or that we don't naturally think has anything to do with our relationship with food and eating, but they're actually foundational for any type of healing work. And so I would love to be able to talk about this topic, to introduce people to these ideas and to give them something to contemplate and think about as to how this applies to themselves and where they can start to do a little bit of their own work around somatics or embodiment and, or look at their spirituality. So I would love for Perfect. you to just share for me a little bit about your own journey to start off and how you kind of got into this world. Sure. My journey roundabout way, I would say, um, spirituality came before the somatics and the embodiment piece. Although now to me, they are tied together and are the yin and yang and two sides of the same coin. Um, growing up just in North Carolina and the Bible belt, always grew up in a very kind of Christian household, went to college and went on to study religion. Cause I was just fascinated by people and the acculturation and like what makes people come together in this way. And really that's when I kind of started looking at like, Oh, there's, there's this connection piece. People like to be connected to something bigger than themselves. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I like to be connected to something bigger than myself. Um, Fast forward to California, where I wasn't in as much as a Bible Belt community, but I was still really able to keep that piece of connection. And I just found it more through nature Mm. and um, through my own stillness uh, and started to really identify like what is within me and what is outside of me in these realms of spirituality. 
Um, long story short, I then started traveling a lot and, and finding that human heart and that human connection with people all over the world, did a lot of impact projects, some of which you've been on. Uh, we've been on many trips together where you're really able to feel people, right? And there's sometimes a big language barrier, but there was body language and body sensation and this like heart to heart connection there's still a way you're communicating, I, even though it's not yeah. through words and language. Exactly. And it was like this felt sense that I just wanted to keep exploring um, and ended up kind of in this realm of healing and somatic studies um, and embodiment and kind of bridging the gaps through them. All the while I was going through my own kind of body journey of healing and I had an uprising of like pretty severe eczema that I had been dealing with since I was a child and kind of noticing little patterns here and there of like, oh yeah, when I'm more stressed, it would flare um, and began diving into all of these different diets and different routines and different protocols to try to like heal my body. And it wasn't until I really, really, really discovered the nervous system and how it can affect how my emotional and my mental and spiritual state can affect my physical state that I had this like, oh my gosh, this is all, it's all connected. It's all layers of the same thread, you know, it's like all tied together and it was incredible. I actually, I ended up going to see one of my doctors here in San Diego who was able to really work with my body. And he essentially told me that I'd been in such a sustained time of fight or flight that no matter what diet I was on, it wasn't going to work because my digestive system was frozen. Wow. And it wasn't working properly. Like it was like something was supposed to open and close and open and close like a normal body does. And because I had been under such sustained anxiety and stress, it was just stuck partly open. Wow. And Luckily, did you know you were that, but... living in a sustained state of stress or had you just adapted to that? And that was sort of this baseline that you didn't even realize you were yeah. in. Oh, it, but yeah. My baseline just became low-key anxiety. Right. And so when he asked me that, like, hey, have you been experiencing like a sustained period I was like, oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. I remember that was a pivotal moment for me because I had gone to the doctors and they asked about stress and took cortisol tests. And I was like, oh, I'm not stressed. Mm -hmm. No, I'm not, I'm not stressed. I like meditate and I work out and I take care of myself. And then, you know, the tests come back and they're like, well, your cortisol levels are like through the roof. And that would yeah. indicate that you're in a stress state most of the time. And it was helpful for me to realize like what our body's level of stress is compared to what we mentally think is stressful are not the same. And many oh, yeah, of when us it's your have learned, line, you're like, right. Yeah, right. exactly. You're like, I'm and, not any more stressed than normal. <laughs> exactly. And so then we, like, we talked about this before we hopped on this, which is you like for your own body symptoms, you were so focused on just dealing with the body. And it seems mm -hmm. so obvious that, of course, this is a symptom of all of these other things, but it's like we're oblivious right. until we make that realization. And the same is true for, for myself with my eating disorder and women who struggle with food and eating issues or are trying to lose weight. It's like 
we're so focused on the body or controlling eating that we're not looking at all of these other facets of our well-being, which isn't on the outside, but it's internal. A hundred percent. Yeah. I was buying every book. I was doing all the diets, you know, I was like, it's in my liver, it's liver rescue. It's all this stuff. And, and now I know how many emotions are also tied to the liver, right. And like how our physical body is just one part of this body of a whole, which also includes, you know, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. And when there's a rupture in one, it ruptures through all. Right. Right. Which is why if you're only trying to fix one through all bingo, if you're only trying to fix one, you're missing all the other pieces that are an integral part of the whole. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. So Mm -hmm. that became when I realized that I was like, oh, wow. Which then took me further into studying somatics, which is essentially the study of how the mind and the body work together which is I'm sure a fascinating world. It's a fascinating world. And it's, it's a big word right now too, right? Somatics, but somatics also has a lot of like branches underneath it, like underneath somatics, there's body work, there's neuroscience, like polyvagal theory, mindfulness, there's movement, um, psychotherapy, there's dance and cultural habits. Um, you know, family constellations is even under somatics because it's, movement associated with mind and like, how do we work all of these things? So it's a fascinating and a very large field of study. And just for my own clarification, is it really looking at how the mind influences the body and vice versa, how the body and influences the mind, like looking at the directional relationship between both. It's looking at the directional relationship between both and, and the knowing that trauma can be stored in both. Like you can have trauma be stored in your body and have zero mental understanding of what it is or how it got there. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's fascinating. And so as you started to study this and then apply kind of what you were learning to your own healing journey, I'm curious, like how you found that your own healing started to evolve or like, what did that look like for you? Yeah. At first I, I had to recreate or maybe form for the first time, a true relationship with my body. Ooh, dang. I feel like everyone needs to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I did like to separate the two and say like, Oh, I don't know. Like I never really thought. And that's, I think where spirituality can play in a little bit too. It's like, okay. So if, if our body is this beautiful vessel holding us, what are what is the us if, and for me, that's our soul. And so to be able to really create that relationship with my body and go, Oh my gosh, like you are holding me. You are allowing me to live on this beautiful planet. You are allowing me to touch things and smell things and taste things. And, and like, Oh wow. And like really getting to know almost every inch of it because I realized I never had. Right. And kind of how we were saying before that you don't know if you're anxious because you've always been anxious. It's like, I didn't know I was holding because I've always been holding. Totally. And there's like what you're pointing to, which is for the first time in your life, actually getting to know your body is Mm -hmm. it's crazy to me that we live in a culture where this is true for most people that were born in bodies that we don't even know, or that we just 
ignore or we hate or we judge or we get frustrated with, but the quality of the relationship we have with the body is certainly not a healthy one. And if we looked at our relationship with our body, like we look at our relationship with people, it would be like abusive, <laughs> probably neglectful, 100%. Like definitely not loving and healthy. And most women no, who are stepping into healing their relationship with food, mm -hmm. that 100% can be true. Like I know for me, it was true. I hated my body, but I didn't have a mm -hmm. loving relationship with it. And I didn't know it either. And the knowing your right. body, I'm curious for you what that looks like. Is that knowing like kind of the cues it gives you and knowing like if something's a yes or a no, or is it just knowing like the sensations of the body? Yeah, all of the above. I feel like I'm so much more honed into my intuition. So first I think was unwinding a lot to actually get back to like, what is my baseline? Cause mm. it's really hard to feel the yes and the nose if you don't know where neutral is. Totally. And so it was like trying to refine, like, Oh, where, where do I actually feel truly at ease? Like, Oh, and that took a, a lot of unwinding stretching. I probably looked like a crazy person as I was just kind of like letting my body like, okay, it wants to go this way. It wants to go that way. It's really tight in there. Um, so you know, getting a lot of body work done, and, a lot yeah. of movement, a lot of dance, which I, oh my gosh, I was always so embarrassed to dance in like middle school, high school, essentially before I started any of this work, because it was all mental. I was just like thinking about how my body was to move instead of dropping in and just allowing my body to move. Right. Yeah. It's, we don't really permission that unless you grow up, maybe a dancer, you know, most of us are going to be, you know, we're in school, we're trained to use our minds way more than we're trained right. to use our bodies. And so most mm -hmm. of us tend to be a little bit more mental dominant and way right. less in the body. And the more time you spend with the body, the more you really get to know, it's almost like getting to know a best friend, right? Like when you first meet someone, it's like, oh, hi, how are you? And then like you spend a lot of time with that person and they can make one movement and you know what they're thinking. Right. You know, where they can smirk at you across the room and you're like, uh-huh, we're on the same page. Um, and so it's like getting to know your body. It's such a deep level, which helps in so many ways, especially in life where you're just like, oh, oh, interesting. I'm freezing a little bit. Okay. I don't like this. What right. don't I like about this? Okay. And it's informing you and it's before the mental, it starts in the physical. Right. And then having a level of awareness where you're aware mm -hmm. of what's happening in the physical body. You're aware of even the mm -hmm. most subtle sensation of discomfort or, you know, anxiety or, and from that space, totally. then you're it's able like the red flags and the listen. green flags get a lot clearer. Right. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. interesting as you were talking to, cause I was thinking in my realm, like, and when we talk about most of us are in the mental, but not in the body. And most people are making eating choices from the mental. It's a cognitive mm -hmm. decision. Like, oh, I think this is a good food, or I think this is a bad food, or I read that this is the diet plan I should follow. And we're completely omitting those signals that you're talking about that are coming mm -hmm. from the body, which is actually letting somebody know what is a yes or a no. Oh, for sure. I mean, I've heard kids say before, like, oh, I'm hungry. And their parents' response is, well, what time did you last eat? You know, and it's a very mental, like, let's clock it. Let's put it on a calendar. And it's mm -hmm. like, okay, but what if they ate two berries versus they ate a pizza? Like, does the time really matter? You know? <laughs> right. 
And like it would they're be, hungry. But it would like, be so interesting for them to get curious about how do you know you're hungry? Like what's your right. what's happening in your body that lets you know you're feeling hunger. Right. And we're not really taught that, right? Like what is what does being hungry actually mean? And like how do we feel it? And then, you know, as we dive in more, once you really get to know your body, you can really get to know the subtleties of like, oh, I'm not really hungry, I'm bored. Mm -hmm. Or like, <laughs> Which is like, such an oh, important no, differentiation because most of us yeah. associate boredom with hunger. Right. I did for a long time or like I wanted like a variety or like a treat, you know, or something. Um, I wanted a cookie. I have like a sweet tooth, like none other. And that's what me it too. is. It's like when I want something to like cheer me up or something, but it's good to know that. And I can still have that, but it's nice to have the awareness around like, oh, I want a treat. Um, and like, oh, th that's what's happening. Okay. <laughs> right. It, there's a deeper yeah. understanding. And from that place, I always tell people you can make the empowered choice about mm -hmm. what action yeah. is actually right and best for you. And maybe sometimes that choice right. is a cookie and that feels really good, but other that's times that's actually not what you need. But the only right. way you're going to really know for sure is as you begin to expand both your awareness of what's happening in your body and the subtleties of what that's really indicating. And I would mm -hmm. suspect, and you tell me, you tell me, but that like for every person, we're going to probably want to get to know the map of our body. It's going to be unique mm -hmm. to each person. Is that true? For sure. Oh yeah. It's, it's a total unique and it's, I, I want to say too, almost like getting to know your body as your best friend. It's like, you want to take care of it more. Mm -hmm. Like almost like you would with the best friend when they're like, oh, and you're like, okay, what would be good for you right now? Like, I want to keep you safe. I want to keep you healthy. I want to keep you strong. Um, and it, it really is this relationship of like, oh, what do you need? Especially as women, it's like, oh, where are we on our cycle? What do we need? Or like, oh, is that, is that a little headache? I think I need some electrolytes or, you know, like what does the body need to just like I don't know. Yeah, it's like I want to hug it and love it. And, right. And like instead of viewing it, it as this machine, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. It's like it's not a machine. This is like this body is this living thing that I get to love and take care of. Yeah. Yeah. And it allows me to do so many amazing things. Absolutely. And when you have that that mental reframe of recognizing, because most people are like, oh, I don't like the weight or shape of my body. And then mm. we're totally ignoring all of those things it does for you that you're pointing to. Like right. it feels like you've really expanded into a space of fully honoring all of the miracles and the gifts that your body provides for you. Yes. I, I probably sound insane sometimes when I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, like rediscovering like how an elbow moves, you know, it's like, wow, it can move all the way around, but it's, I don't know. It's incredible. Yeah, I know. It's so true. Like if we really take time to actually look at the body and what it does, you can kind of geek yeah. out. It can take you to some Like to look some at places. all the little things in your finger, like one finger. And you're like, whoa, it's just <laughs> It's got little wrinkles and there's a nail and somehow the nail grows and it bends. And then you're like fascinated by the mechanics fascinated. of it all. And yeah, then somehow I this like, all I'm grew from like a seat, from a sperm and an egg and a belly. Like what? <laughs> 
Yes. So just like how we like are amazed by nature of like, oh, look at this seed that becomes a tree that has this functionality. It's like, we are nature. Like we are doing this as well. And it's, we forget so easily um, that we're walking around in like miracles. So true. Yeah, yeah. And that we get to, instead of beating them up or wishing they were different, like celebrate them for how they are. And I love the word you keep using, which is discover. Mm. it's lately I was thinking, Oh, even just yesterday, like, it's not that we're trying to fix ourselves. It's that we're rediscovering ourselves. Yeah, for and sure. It's so much more fun and inviting to try and do the inner work when it's a path of discovery versus a mm -hmm. mission to like fix what's broken or wrong. Mm -hmm. Which, which I think does require dropping out of the mental a little bit. And, and allowing some ease and allowing some freedom and however it gets there of just like flow and like, whoa, look, look what happens when I move this way. Look what happens when I move that way. How does that feel? And it, it is, it's like a rediscovery, almost like a kid meeting someone for the first time. Cause a lot of us just weren't taught that when we were younger, we were taught how to sit, how to stand, how this works, you know, um, which is great. We need that. And I feel just so fortunate to have had the space and some of the experiences I've had to really just discover myself. Yeah. And it feels like as you're talking that you're also like really at home in your body now. Mm. Now I am. Yes. Right. Yes, exactly. And it wasn't until I was home now that I realized how not at home I've been for most of my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've heard a lot of people who I've worked with share it, you know, a lot of times not feeling comfortable in the body or crawling, mm -hmm. like wanting to get out of the body. So when mm -hmm. you're doing like embodiment practices, can that be a pathway to working through some of that discomfort in someone's body if they're not comfortable in their skin? Oh, for sure. Because it's a, it's a getting to know, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's really like, a, oh, which way does my body want to move like how does it hold itself like what feels good and maybe what doesn't feel good and then if it doesn't feel good it's like okay what are some ways that, that we can unwind that and we can fix that which is where a lot of these somatic techniques and practitioners come in that can maybe help unlock things that you didn't even know was there right like some of the stuck energy or trauma for example mm -hmm. yep stuck energy trauma i mean you know you can even tell by like some people's posture like oh you know that mm. of kind of like the trajectory that their life has taken and the amazing thing about the body is that we can correct that right like nothing is permanent when we're dealing with the body yeah most things mm -mm. i mean i guess we're always going to have a nose and like so, some things are <laughs> fixed not going anywhere but some things are fixed in terms yeah. of pain and, or the relationship we have. Yeah. Yeah. And the relationship. Yeah. So as a, mm -hmm. an embodiment, um, leadership coach, are you really leading people through the movement of their body to really build that connection and discover the body again in themselves? Yeah. I think it's tied again to the like physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, and realizing how they're all intertwined. Mm. And the thing about the leadership coaching, it's really, and you don't, don't have to be like upper level management or C-suite or like in a corporate environment. 
but it's really just how are we showing up in our day to day? And are we showing up in alignment? Are we showing up in truth? Like, are we showing up in our fullest expression? Because that's what's creating this next generation of leaders, whether it's just your leader in your family and your school and your community. It's how can we show up with empathy, with authenticity and compassion? And it first takes getting to know yourself. Like if you can show up as your true self and like, what does that mean? Right. And all of these little body cues of getting more comfortable in your body, they help inform you. They help inform you when you're holding and you're gripping and you're full of anxiety and you're not really telling the truth. You're just telling people what they want to hear versus like, oh, when you're just relaxed and high and this is my truth and here I am. Which is so good because even as you were speaking, I remember like I used to think my like true self had to be like my best self, which was actually mm. just the conditioned mental ego idea of what my best self would look like and how she would act which is often the perfectionist mm -hmm. and the people pleaser mm -hmm. and the nice girl, but it wasn't my authentic true self. And so unlearning those ways of being and discovering myself, which I'm still on that journey. So, you know, mm -hmm. it's an ongoing process of discovery, but I've gained so much more awareness of the inauthentic expression of self, which right. I think is way more tight and rigid. And maybe there isn't as much ease and softness and mm -hmm. like as we let that go and we relax i think when we're in our true self there's like a centered grounded peaceful feeling almost for sure and the more time you spend in those states like the more time you get to know that so a lot of time in these practices whether it's embodied leadership coaching or somatic practitioner practices people are titrating in and out mm. of holding themselves in different patterns and it's almost like trying things on to see what you like right? You're right. like trying things on in your body, essentially. She's like, wow, that feels good. And each time you learn more and more and more. And it's especially important when, like when it comes to something boundaries is a great example of being able to viscerally feel in your body where your boundary is before it gets crossed. Ooh, God, that's so important. What do you it's mean? So you, important. Yeah. But like tell me more like, practice in safe containers to recognize that feeling over and over and over again, you're like, not there, not like, okay, you know, but if you're being taught and your body's being trained, then it gets more subtle and more subtle and you become more and more aware and you can catch it so much quicker. And I would, I would bet that for so many of us, because our boundaries haven't been honored or they were overridden so many times, it's like, we've almost lost the signal, the internal signal that says, Hey, this isn't okay. Right. And so it's recultivating this almost like activation of, hey, like you feel that little thing right there, like that little sensation means like this is a not OK, like boundary is being violated. Uh -huh. And I get to like really recognize that within myself so I can honor it in whatever situation I'm in. A hundred percent, which is why the emotional body plugs in right here, too, and why somatic practicing is as much as it's about getting to know your body. There's definitely like a trauma release and emotional component. Because mm -hmm. once you hit that spot, there may be a big release that comes through. Right. Of recognition of grief. And the, these things get to leave your body. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to hold quite as strong. Right. And I'm also thinking, I mean, I talk a lot about body boundary violations. So talk about boundaries mm. 
and the physical body, right? Somebody might not respect your time boundary, but then when people don't respect the boundaries of your physical body and they're looking at your body, talking about your body, touching your body in ways that don't feel safe or comfortable for you, I mean, that really can – I actually find that that actually is one of the things driving women to use food to soothe is because – those body boundaries were violated and they don't know what to do and food is a way to try and bring some ease to a physical body that's been you know kind of activated in oh, that way for sure yeah. there's like such discomfort that they're naturally going towards something that they know will be comfort and will be safe right yeah right so to be able to go on this process of discovery to like mm -hmm. actually cultivate a loving relationship with the body and for someone to mm -hmm begin to discover for themselves the subtleties around mm -hmm. and, and we know this is so vast there's like so many areas to explore the subtleties of the boundaries the subtleties of a yes or no all the what is the meaning behind all of the sensations and emotions that are arising but you really start mm -hmm. to get this broadened sense of self and like a know thyself truly right mm -hmm. yes yeah and it's a true, I keep coming back to the word relationship because it's like, a, it is between like soul and mind and body and the like meeting place of them and how they all work together mm. is like fascinating and beautiful. And it feels like we've lost a lot of it in today's mm -hmm. culture and getting back to like really understanding um, like elder tribes and natives and communities and like the way they would walk the land, the way they would connect to things, the way they would connect with their food, mm. you know, and it, it's like a full, I would think a spiritual experience to be living because it's really a relationship with all of these different parts of our body. And mm. we're bringing them together with love and with compassion. Right. Like we're not separate from the earth and mm -hmm. from other beings right it's like they're mm -hmm. just by nature of us interacting with them we're in relationship with them right it's just are we conscious of it or not mm -hmm. and in the same way that we need to heal through them all like if we have a rupture in one it can affect a rupture in the others mm -hmm. if we grow up in a home environment where we don't trust if we have religious trauma and all of a sudden, God and spirit is something we can no longer trust. Mm. Like it also becomes harder to trust our bodies. Mm. All of a sudden, like there's all of these external things and that aren't truly external, but we've placed them as external because there's been a rupture. And now our trust in everything is just off kilter, which is where the healing, you know, the connection with self, the connection with other, the connection with spirit and earth and something greater. Mm -hmm are so intertwined and, and just have to kind of be healed in this roller coaster yarn thread of things. Right. It's all interconnected. <laughs> yeah. Which is why the healing journey is both fun and, and thrilling and at times really challenging and frustrating because there isn't just the mm -hmm. do this one thing one time and it will all be better. <laughs> it's like, no, this right. is an ongoing process and it, not that it never ends, but it's just as long as life continues, the process continues. The process continues. And I will say the more of that relationship that you form with your body and with your spirit, I've found personally that it's easier to discern 
which of all of those noises coming at you of do this, do this, do this, mm-hmm. do this actually connects to me and my body and me and, and my soul um, because they're coming with good intent from all different kinds of people with all different kinds of bodies, with all different kinds of patterns and systems and attachment styles. And you're like, cool, bro, like that works for you. I love that. And I'm a little different. And there's something so permissioning and when it's, we allow that each person to have their own unique truth mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we can respect that. This works for me. Mm-hmm. Here's what works for you. Beautiful. Like we don't have to take it personally. Beautiful. We don't have to make anybody change or be different. We get to just mm-hmm. empower one another to really discover their true self and their true needs. Right. And to operate from those yes. places. Yes, completely. It's, it's, I don't know. I always think of like a jungle. You've got all these different animals, right. That are like all doing their part in this beautiful ecosystem. And yet in humanity, it's like, we're supposed to do the same thing and follow the same rules and like obey the same laws. And it's like, oh, but we're all different. Could you imagine if all the animals of the jungle were like trying to look like a flamingo and act like a flamingo? (laughs) (laughs) No, it would not. (laughs) Yeah, we're all different and we're all needed. Right. Like all of these, all the different like emotions and all the things people hold and the masculine and the feminine and like all of these pieces mm-hmm. that a lot of us try to almost um, like assimilate out of us so that we can uphold some image of what we think we're supposed to be. And yet our part is so needed as it is. Absolutely. And for so many of us, mm-hmm. though, we just don't know what that part is or what that yeah. role is because. Yeah. We weren't brought up in a space where we were able to discover and explore and find that out. It was mm-hmm. more so put on us, you know, conditioned right. that it's supposed to look the same for everybody. That's why so many of us are doing this work because we realize we need to do the unlearning so we can then really discover the truth. For sure. Uh, I, I just... It's one of the reasons I love travel and retreats and like these transformational events. And it's like these spaces to discover and these spaces to explore. And that's why I love the work that you offer as a guide, because it's really hard. People are probably listening like, I, that sounds good in theory, but how, how do I even mm-hmm. begin that process? And I think we mm-hmm. often do need a container with a safe facilitator mm-hmm. who can hold the space and show us. Because unless mm-hmm. you've had the experience, you actually don't know, right? You might not right. know what ease actually feels like in your body until someone can point you to it or create right. enough safety for you to be able to let go of the holding and drop into, oh, peace or ease. Mm-hmm. We're not meant to do this for work sure. alone. And so no, and to be able to lean on each other. Yeah. And the words that are put to it are so important. Cause I remember I used to feel all of these things. I just didn't know what they were. Right. I kinda, I used oh, that's the, what this like, is. Oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. I, I say sometimes it's like, I don't know if I tried a lime for the first time and I was like, Oh, this sour thing. Okay. Da, 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 da. And if someone's like, Oh, that's a lime. Oh, okay. I think I like limes in this scenario and I don't like limes in this scenario, but now I have more information. And it like sticks and someone can put words to what I'm feeling. And there's that uh, mind body connection, right? Right. It's like, oh, 
helpful. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Like it, it does help me a lot to be able to have the experience and then to have a teacher or a group there to help me integrate that experience and go, okay, so this is what was happening. Right. Oh my goodness. I didn't even know I've been doing that all these years. Right. Yeah. There's a beautiful, I guess, feedback loop. Like the experience Mm -hmm. in the body helps to inform your mental understanding of it. And then through Mm -hmm. thoughts, you're like, oh, shoot. Now I'm like, my body's responding to also this new awareness. Like now it knows Mm -hmm. I, I understand something new. So the way that they interact gets to be different. Right. Yeah. So for somebody who maybe right now, and by the way, if anybody's curious about somatics and embodiment, we'll include some resources in the show notes of how they could connect mm-hmm. with you or, you know, you can do your own research even if you're like wanting to find something in your area. But are there any like basic practices, embodiment practices for someone who's like, okay, I want to start discovering my body or mm-hmm. connecting to my body? Like what would be a really simple first step or something that people could play with to just begin the journey? So I remember the first time in college, and I do this a lot since, and I don't even think he was introducing it as a as a somatic exercise, but I was in a class on um, theater and acting. And actors get very embodied. They like take on, you know, the role of their characters and how do they move and how do they act? And it's quite a skill, but he had us all lay down and essentially do um, a body scan where we were laying and we got really heavy and just kind of put our body on the ground and then envisioned starting at our crown, almost like a paint of our favorite color. I remember mine was purple at the time and just letting it like slowly, slowly, slowly drip from our crown all the way down our body. And like when it went to the shoulders, it would drip slowly down the arm, like really, really slow all the way all into the fingers and to the torso. And it was this beautiful body scan and following and just paying attention and being with all of the parts of our body. And it it probably takes maybe five minutes, but it feels profound. And I do it often, a lot of times, even as I'm falling asleep or when I need to like de-stress or when I feel like I want to reconnect with my body, it's kind of like taking and just letting one color flood all the way down, like through your entire system. And then noticing all the way the sensations the as you go mm-hmm. that show up through all the body parts. Yep. Noticing sensations. Maybe some areas are tighter. Maybe some areas it passes right through. Maybe some areas you can't feel as much. And just getting curious. right the areas that might be numb. I mean, that's information too. Wow, I like can't mm-hmm. actually feel this part of me. Right, it can be helpful. And there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's just like, oh, what does the painting look like today? Right? It's like, oh, hmm. it is really. And then another little thing is is just when you're sitting or laying. I always love to just see how much heavier I can feel, which I know sounds funny, but it's like, if I really let gravity do its thing, Mm. like, can I really feel like my seat on this chair right now? 
And like, can I drop my shoulders even more? Like essentially trying to find all the little parts of me that are holding until like, fully releasing those places where there's tension or holding fully releasing. And usually when I think I'm released, I'm like, can I go one layer deeper? And I can, which means I was still holding, but (laughs) it's just like what we're kind of taught. Right. Exactly. And going back to that baseline, you might think, oh, I'm released because this is your baseline of Mm -hmm. what you thought was relaxed. And then Mm -hmm. just getting curious, is there actually a way to soften more, let go more, relax more? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I also loved what you were doing earlier, which no one could see, but right. You were like moving your arms and allowing your body to kind of just naturally take shape however it wanted to. Mm -hmm. And so I think, yeah, that's a fun exploration, especially if you turn on some music Mm -hmm. and just like, whoa, what is like, which way does my body want to move and try not to mentally think about it and just to kind of see what happens. Right. Like turn off the mind. And just let the body Uh flow. And there's it it doesn't look silly or dumb. Like there's no right or wrong way to do it. You're just being with the wholeness of the body. And you can do it by yourself. And maybe turn on some more tribal music or things you don't normally listen to or a variety of different sounds and just kind of see like, ooh, what does this evoke in me? Mm -hmm. Yeah, to play. Like this gets to be playful Mm -hmm. exploration. Because I could just hear myself yes. years ago, if I had done that, I would have been judging myself. This is dumb. You can't move your body well, like blah, blah, blah. And it's like turning off the dialogue of the critics and the coach or the judge and being able to just allow yourself the freedom to play and be silly and explore without yeah. there being a, a, like a grade at the end that you're going to get for how well you performed. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. It's not for anyone else, but you, it's kind of like, all right, body, teach me something. Show me what you got. What do you got for me today? What's going on in here? How are we doing girls? It's like, yeah, just like waking up in the hall. Just noticing breath. I think people, um, breathe a lot shallower than they realize. Ooh. Yeah. Because it's not often like a conscious, like, Oh, like all the way down, all the way up. And that was another big realization for me of how much I was holding and holding in my body and just continually throughout the day. I was like, I don't think I know how to breathe. How am I like, <laughs> how am I a woman in my thirties? And I don't know how to breathe. Isn't that funny? I, I, yeah. Same here. You got these bodies, yeah. but I wasn't using her very well. No. I was like, wow. Yeah. I, I really realized how much of survival mode I was in, even though it was felt very regular. Yeah. And the last thing that's coming through is that I suspect as we build this relationship with our body and feel like more unwound, so to speak, Mm -hmm. that it also will expand our capacity to then feel pleasure in the body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because most of us are so stuck in the holding or the anxiety or the stress or the trauma that it like blocks our capacity to then enjoy all the things the body is designed to enjoy. Oh yes, for sure. The more you drop into the body and out of the mind and yes, like unwind and open and all the things, it's amazing. Like every sense opens 
it's like visually everything is more pleasurable taste everything is more pleasurable sound touch like it's just it becomes almost more orgasmic to be alive which i think is what we all want we've just been right. approaching it the wrong way it's like there's this funny belief if i have the perfect body then i'm gonna enjoy my life more then life will be more mm. pleasurable that's actually not true mm. Mm. like right no, now as we if you learn, have a relaxed nervous system then your life will be <laughs> exactly more pleasurable yeah. like the pressure yes. we put on ourselves to look perfect is actually counterproductive to our deeper goal which is to feel happy and comfortable in our skin and to enjoy life and to enjoy the food we eat which was kind of i mean not funny but looking back when i was going through my healing journey with eczema and my skin i was doing I was trying to work out so I could sweat it all out. I was eating the right things. I was trying to be, you know, super tan, but I, I couldn't go in the sun because my skin was so bad. I couldn't go in the ocean because my skin was so bad. Like the things that I actually enjoyed, I wasn't being able to do. And I wasn't looking that great either because my skin was so bad. And so it's like, but it was a lot of the pressure I was putting on myself to fix it. That was keeping me stuck in that loop. Yep instead of being able to relax and like, oh, and like explore it through a different doorway. Cause I finally had to be like, okay, whatever I'm doing is not working. Right. Yeah. What's another way in, which is often through the emotional body or the physical body, not the mental. And it's so much that allows us to liberate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like this gentle, tender approach of curiosity and being with and meeting yourself mm -hmm. versus all the pressure that we constantly put on ourselves to have to fix it, which is what we said earlier. It's like you went from fixing myself to discovering yourself and your body. And through yeah. that shift, discovered a lot, so much, you know, healed and transformed within yourself and in your life. Mm -hmm. And now you're in the space where you're supporting others through that discovery process, which is so beautiful. It's, yeah, I feel very, very fortunate to have had the space to make that discovery and to like really meet myself in a different way. Mm. Well, for those people who are like, I want help meeting myself, are there <laughs> ways that they can connect with you? I know you've got your embodied experience sort of in the works and, you know, offer different coaching yes. options. For sure. Um, we'll put probably my website and Instagram are probably the best ways, which is just jennyshoal.com and jennyshoal on Instagram. And yeah, the embodied experience where Soma meets soul, me meaning body and spirit coming together that's in the works, um, as well as a sold out life and learning how to um, create and run sold out events and transformations. So good. I love the work that you're doing. Mm -hmm. I love watching you really not only embody, but to like transmit the the joy of being in a body to us. And mm. so I hope everyone go follow Jenny because she has amazing content that's really inspirational and she's such a light. So thank you for sharing oh, your wisdom you. and light with thank us. You. And thank you for the work that you're doing. I think it's so needed right now on this planet. Yeah. Thank you. I know we're so, together. We're starting to chip away, come home to yeah. our bodies, discover ourselves and break free of all the conditioning that's kept us stuck in disease and trauma and pain. You know, no big deal. Uh, yeah. No more of that. Let's liberate that stuff right on out of here. <laughs> oh, yes. 
I'm on. I'm on for that. All right. Well, until next time. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to the Empowered Eating and Living podcast. If you liked today's episode, make sure to follow the show so you don't miss future episodes. And if you loved it, then please share this episode on your social media or send it to loved ones who may benefit from listening too.